Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along. I'm Ian Brannan, and it's great to be back with you once again for another No Breaks, No Fear. Looking back on the action from the past seven days and looking ahead to what's on the way in the British Speedway calendar. Joining me in this episode is Dave Rowe, who you'll recognise from Eurosports TV coverage. He was the Pitts reporter this last Monday night. And I'm also joined by Ryan Guest, who, if you are a Birmingham Brummies fan, a Sheffield Tigers fan, or a Kingsland Stars fan, you'll recognise from the uh, Centre Green announcer's microphone but uh, also a reporter as well who brings us lots of interviews including in this particular episode but it's going to give us a bit of insight into what's been going on in the championship this week as well we're going to look back at that action from Foxall Monday night then we're going to be hearing from the Wolves captain Rory Schlein who had a great comeback from injury you know, at the end of the day like everyone fought for everything so uh and I think that showed, you know, that Ipswich was doing the same. So that's why I come down to the last seat decider. And we're also going to speak to British youngster Jordan Palin, who I think it's safe to say has had a pretty decent week in Speedway. I'm just trying to progress as quick as possible, but um, as steady as possible too and stay consistent. We'll also hear from Rob Lyon, Simon Stead, Scott Nichols, and Max Clegg all on the way on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along then to No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. And as we move from June into July, the season surely is picking up a little pace now. Joining me to look through the action from the recent meetings and look ahead to what's coming up over the first week of July is Dave Rowe, who you might have seen on your telly in the pits at um, Ipswich versus Wolves, which is the match we're going to come to first. Later on in the programme, we're going to hear from Rob Lyon as well, who was uh, the winning team manager against Sheffield in the other Monday meeting. We'll also hear from Simon Stead and we're going to look forward to Kings Lynn's action as well because they're the next team to take on Peterborough at the Adrian Flux Arena on Thursday. So we'll hear from Dale Allett and uh, later on we'll also catch up with Scott Nichols, who's returning back to the uh, Leicester Lions um, with 
Kent. Of course, uh, Leicester still really technically the reigning champions, I suppose. So he's heading back there. We'll find out his thoughts on going back to his old stomping ground from the 2019 season. We'll hear from Jordan Palin, who's had an impressive week with um, his best ever scores for both Scunthorpe and for the Peterborough Panthers in the last few days, as well as heading out on some international duty as well with the uh, GB Young Lions. Um, Max Clegg is going to be on talking about Newcastle and we'll hear from Ryan Douglas. That's all to come here on No Breaks, No Fear. But let's start at Foxhall first up then and that televised meeting that uh, maybe you saw on Eurosport on Monday evening. Another close one went all the way down to the last heat before things were fully sorted out. Ipswich versus Wolves. And in the pits for that meeting on Eurosport was Dave Rowe and uh, he's with us throughout the course of this episode. Hiya, Dave. Hi Ian, how are we doing? You alright? Yeah, great, thanks. Uh, obviously we we should mention that um, you are uh, thrust slightly more in the limelight than you were the last time we spoke because um, people might have seen online that Steve Brandon, who was doing the pits reporting um, previously, has had a little bit of an accident and we wish him well and he's he's on the mend, we understand, but in, in the meantime you are uh, you're holding the microphone in the pits at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Best wishes to Steve, of course. Uh, no one wants to see... What happened to him with a with a pretty serious uh, knee injury, um, and obviously it's not good um, personally or, or indeed for your work um, when that happens because you're completely out of action. But yes, there has been a bit of a, uh, a general uh, job swap around the Eurosport team, and so for the last couple of meetings, I've been uh, in the pits, very much in the thick of the action. It does get very busy down there, uh, but the riders and the team managers are very very helpful in terms of uh, giving up their time and coming to talk to us when we when we need them, basically, um, and pretty rewarding stuff. But yeah, very busy indeed. And as for the meeting last night, I mean, um, Ipswich have had a bit of a wobble as far as their season's concerned. Wolves also um, took a few knocks, didn't they, over the last few weeks? But um, it seems to be improvement from both sides. It went all the way down to to the final heat, and um, it was certainly a, it was certainly not a meeting without uh, its moments of incident. First bend incident, start line jumping, tapes, tapes exclusions, call it what you will. Um, very busy indeed, and of course there was the drama before Heat 15, or the rerun of Heat 15, when, when Sam Masters was making all kinds of signals to the pits because he felt his uh, something in his, uh, his rear wheel, his tyre was, was loose, it's rubbing against something, and they had to change the back wheel under the two-minute time allowance and, and just about made it for that restart. So, yeah, lot, lots went on. Wolverhampton were the better team. They, they worked their way back into the meeting after a, a slow start, and certainly when, when Leon Flint began to pick up points against some of the Ipswich lower order, you could kind of see the meeting turning. And then when Sam Masters and Luke Becker got a 5-1 in Heat 11 to put them in front, I always felt they'd just about do enough. And as it turned out, they did enough for all four points. Yeah, that um, tyre change was was particularly exciting. I think uh, you know, Kelvin uh, and Nigel, I mean, Nigel, I think, was on the fence, but Kelvin was pretty sure that they weren't going to make it. And it was it was a bit of a bit of a tough ask, but... He had the entire pit crew out there and they, they managed to get it done and literally with, what, a couple of seconds left, he was at the tapes. And as it was, as you say, the, the, the race then got rerun again, didn't it? So they had the extra two minutes to actually double-check everything. But it did seem to all work out and, and he did make the start. Yeah, they must have been fairly confident. They did have another spare bike of another Wolverhampton rider out there at the time, although whether he'd have had time to jump off one because it, it, he got to about five seconds. So uh, whether he'd actually have time to have switched, I'm, I'm not too sure. Uh, there must have been some uh, some confidence and, and some fortune. And certainly talking to Peter Adams afterwards, um, he was very relieved indeed to see his rider make the start. Line. So it all went into the, uh, the drama for TV. And then uh, obviously Sam Masters and Rory Schlein went out and got the 5-1. 
Yeah, Peter Adams was. <laughs> I think he was saying this saved him a saved him a heart attack. I think he was he uh, was he looking a bit agitated during that time. Yeah, because there's not there's not really a lot he can do. And, and and to be fair, of course, if your rider says he's he has a problem with his bike and is not comfortable on it, they have to make that change. But obviously, they were confident enough in switching that wheel. Um, it's interesting. There's been so much talk about tyres in, in in recent weeks, and the teams now actually get two two spare tyres to use um, at most venues. So there are actually nine tyres per seven riders in a team. So you have to be careful as to what you've used and um, and which wheels you can use and where those tyres are. So there's a lot to think about in a short space of time. But the bottom line is, Sam Masters was not happy with that bike, wasn't confident about going into a rerun with it as it was. And I think, Peter Adams, you have to trust your rider and you have to trust your pit crew and get on with it, get it done. And he did. Oh yeah, they got it done, and uh, and of course uh, led to the, getting the whole job done for the Wolves as well. Let's hear from Wolves team captain, of course, who's just made his return back from injury as well. Rory Schlein, he's been speaking with Mike Taylor from BBC Radio WM. Rory, that was a terrific result. You must be a proud captain. Yeah, it, it was a gutsy, gutsy night um, from everyone. Uh, we 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 needed a good result tonight. You know, our last two away matches ain't been great. Um, obviously, you know, with me coming back in the side, you know, just. Gives it that little bit of boost, and um, you know, at the end of the day, like everyone fought for everything. So, uh, and I think that showed. You know, that Ipswich was doing the same. So that's why I come down to the last seat decider. Um, and you know, the, the riders around here are very slick. So, um, you know, we we just, I think, uh, momentum-wise, hopefully, we'll get a good run of home meetings now. Um, you know, we'll go on a good run. Well, there were some really testing moments in that meeting. I mean, but both teams were pulling very hard. We saw, you know, some great overtaking, one or two mistakes. There was a lot happening. Yeah, I, I think nerves were definitely shown, um, especially in the last one. You know, a lot of people moving at the start tonight. I got caught out, you know, from someone moving, but it's it's speedway, you know, and then it just adds, adds to the excitement, and sure. that's why people pay their money to come and watch it. We, we saw Sam leading the way tremendously. He now looks a, a very, very strong rider in this league. Yeah, um, you know, he, he was saying he needed that, uh, uh, you know, good result uh, after yesterday. He said he didn't have a good one, but yeah. Sam's, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a class act. Um, you know, there's a reason why he's number one, and, you know, he has been scoring big points everywhere. So, um, you know, we, the whole team, you know, more or less rode pretty well. we just got to get Brock firing on all cylinders if we can. We know what he's capable of because he started the season so well. So, you know, everyone has their ups and downs. So, you know, he'll pick himself back up and hopefully, you know, like I said, a few run of, of home matches, you know, will boost his confidence. Yeah, he's a big talent. And I just want to ask you quickly a few of you on Leon Flint because he's suddenly got a big chance and he's really stepped up tonight. Yeah, you know, you've got to remember Leon's a young lad, you know, and, and, you know, he was only saying the other day, you know, his dream come true to race in Poland and now he's... And our dreams come true. He's racing in the top flight in England. So, um, and for him to get his first win and the way he did, you know, he rode really well. Um, I know he was a little bit, you know, a bit disappointed in his last one, but th- that's all to do with learning. And, and you know, he'll only he'll only improve. You know, his I've worked experiences with are what he needs, uh, Rory, aren't they? They build him up yeah. quick. Definitely, you know, and, and meetings like this will will he'll you know he'll feed off you know sure. the intensity, the nerves, you know, the atmosphere. So. You know, look, you know, I think we're in a good position, that's for sure. So that's Rory Schlein, the um, Wolves captain, speaking with Mike Taylor from BBC WM after the Monday night fixture. And um, I think there were a few standouts for the Wolves. Obviously, first of all, great to have Rory Schlein back in the team. But Leon Flint, he had that one appearance uh, a couple of weeks ago with Wolves and it wasn't the easiest night for him. But getting his first Premiership win with Wolves on the board uh, last night and you could see that that gave him confidence straight away for his, his subsequent rides yeah Leon's been a rider to take note of for 
for a while now. I saw him come through at uh, Birmingham in the National League at the age of 15 when he, he showed the talent he has. I think the year off um, in terms of league racing last year obviously didn't help many people and it didn't help Leon. And, and really, he would say himself that, that last year did not go to plan um, in terms of the, the racing he did do. But um, clearly been a, a refocus over the winter determination to get fully fit and set up and now he's reaping the rewards um him coming into the wolverhampton side whilst it was disappointing for all of us to see tom bacon call it a day um but someone like leon is exactly what the rising star program is all about designed to do and then you mentioned yeah he, he guested for them at peterborough a couple of weeks ago and as we've seen in the last few weeks actually racing away at peterborough is pretty one of the, the toughest things you can do so don't read too much into that what i was impressed with last night was the way he um read the conditions and improved as the night went on. When you bear in mind that uh, Ipswich got a 5-1 in Heat 2 over Leon Flint and, uh, and Brock Nickel, and Leon then went on to score six points from his remaining rides, beating several of the Ipswich middle and lower orders. So that shows he was learning, understanding how the track was changing. And I think they've got an exciting year, and I suspect more, because Wolverhampton tend to stick with their riders. Um, and I think you'll see him develop at Wolverhampton over the years to come. Yeah, that's a very good point you make because Wolves are not known for, for chopping and making wholesale changes, are they? And he's done so well for Berwick because until now he was riding for the Bandits and the Bullets and he's had to drop the National League in order to be able to ride in the Premiership, which is something that was a big choice for him because it's up where he lives. Obviously, the family are invested in that team as well. So it's a big leap for him to, to wave goodbye to, to Berwick and a team that he knows very well to, to go and race for a team like Wolves. But um, they are going to look after him, I think, aren't they? It's a good, a good move. Yeah, I think career-wise, you have to do it. You, you have to move on. Um, Leon has done plenty of National League. Um, Berwick in the National Development League have done half their season already this year. Yes, he was the main man there alongside Kyle Bickley, but pro progression happens. And at some point, uh, the, the rule has been put in for this year, it may have been for last year as well, that you can't do all three leagues, which was done, of course, with uh, Eris Burks in 2019 when he won all, all three titles. But I understand why that's that's taken place. Leon is still very much part of Berwick in their senior team with, with the Bandits, where he's been racking up points at reserve. And I'm sure that whenever he's available to be with the Bullets in the pit, he, he still will be. So he's still a massive part of that club. But you can't stop the progress. And to get that chance in the Premiership, when he was probably just about in that group bubbling under the six who got picked in the first place, where he's now taking his chance. And um, on the other end of the spectrum, um, when we look at Ipswich and Jason Crump, of course, is a, a modern day legend. There's, there's no hiding that. And it was his first meeting back after that injury that what, it was eight ribs or so that he injured in that fall um, at Wolves uh, a few weeks ago. And um, he... he feeling the effects of that clearly still and it wasn't 100% but you wouldn't expect that the first match back from injury Yeah indeed it's, it was a tough night for, for Jason and for Ipswich as a result and obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing and, and it doesn't matter how old you are or how experienced you are I think you probably always surprise yourself in how intense the competition becomes when you're coming back from injury, especially rib damage. And we all know if you damage your ribs, when you start trying to move your body and twist your body like you have to on a speedway bike, um, it's not going to be easy. And so maybe hindsight might say, well, well, should he not have ridden and should they have used a guest or, or, or whatever? Uh, I, I put that to Richie Hawkins afterwards and, and he, he, he felt Jason had made the right decision to ride and that with a further week, 
before the next meeting, that that will do him good. You only know in, in t- until you actually do it, you, you won't find out. What what I did find a bit peculiar was that he he was clearly struggling after heat six, his second ride. He was pulled out of uh, heat ten and then returned for heat thirteen, which with the with the very best one in the world in all respects, up against a flying Sam Masters and Rory Schlein. That was always going to be a big ask. I was a little bit surprised, if I'm honest, that he wasn't pulled out of the halfway stage of that meeting. Yeah, I, I suppose you, you don't really realise exactly where you are in, in, in the course of your recovery until you try it out, though, I suppose. But as you say, Heat 13 is is the well certainly one of the toughest heats of, of the night, isn't it? It is. You're always going to be going up against, uh, well, always the opposing number one and, and generally another another heat leader as well. So it's not going to be easy. And that, that's that's not... That's not the only reason why Ipswich lost last night. Obviously, Jason Crump only scoring three points in a, an eight-point defeat. It does make a big difference. Um, Jay Cowan, for some reason, because he's a good rider, um, didn't have anything like the kind of night he did look for. What I find peculiar about Ipswich, and it's something I'd, I'd picked up on social media in the weeks before. I, I'd not been to Foxhall this season. But I know Ipswich supporters have been talking about how their riders struggle to to read the Foxhall track and actually find themselves getting overtaken by visiting riders, which is not normally the case. Normally, you'd expect to see the home riders doing the bulk of the overtaking. But that was the same again last night around, and around the outside. It was Wolverhampton riders making moves. And, and I found that surprising. You, you look at that league table. Ipswich went away last week and picked up very decent away points at both Peterborough and Sheffield. They'll, they'll be happy enough with that. Last heat deciders kept it tight, picked up league points. But then they wreck it all by losing at home. And their home record reads one win, one draw, three defeats. Uh, it's absolutely extraordinary for the, for the team that they still have and something they have got to fix in the second half of their campaign. Yeah, that's um, Ipswich versus Wolves then, um, which uh, happened on Monday night. Moving on to the other fixture, which was also happening at the same time on Monday, was at Peterborough. It was Peterborough Panthers against the Sheffield Tigers. Peterborough, of course, climbing back to the top of the Premiership table with a win against Sheffield. Before we get into the meeting itself, and there was a lot said about this this dad's army, the experienced side of, uh, of Peterborough, but... I think to anybody who has an experience of Speedway, looking at the lineup they've got, three former Grand Prix riders in your side, and a huge amount of experience elsewhere as well. And then, of course, the exciting talent of uh, Jordan Palin, who we're going to hear more from later on in, in this uh, episode of the podcast. That That's actually quite a wise move, and there's some sensible heads there. As long as they all stay fit, they've got a huge amount of experience to, to be able to ride out this season and do very well, which is exactly what they're doing now. Yes, Peterborough is, is probably the success story of the Premiership uh, so far. Obviously, Bellevue are, are flying high as well. But um, the, the team selection was, was interesting. Obviously, we've heard, in, in fact, even on parade, they, they actually get introduced to the Dad's Army theme tune. So it's a, it's a real tongue-in-cheek uh, message from, from the Panthers as to what's going on. The, the gamble they took w- was not so much the age of the riders, but was more the fact that, that several of them were coming off the back of disappointing seasons in 2019 and and whether that was down to just form or injury or whatever most of those riders had 2019 seasons that they could surely could well could they improve on or was that their level now because of that age well of course then we missed 2020 and several of those boys have come back all guns blazing Ulrich ostergaard has been sensational at reserve um Bjarne Pedersen after a, a poor first home meeting has really been a, a good force and then within that middle order Scott Nichols having his probably his best season in the top flight for, for three or four years 
and the likes of Chris Harris, Michael Palmtoft, Hans Anderson, they're all having their moments. And it's adding up to a combination that, well, Bellevue cracked it on night one. But apart from that, everyone's been going to Alwerton and, and generally losing fairly comfortably. Looking at the meeting itself then, uh, the Panthers beat Sheffield 54-36. And it was a meeting that was slightly delayed by the weather, but they got things on. And Scott Nichols led the score charts, 10 plus 2. Youngster Jordan Palin enjoying his best night at the top level with 7 plus 1. Let's hear from the boss of Peterborough Panthers, here's Rob Lyon. That's June done and dusted and what a month it's been for the Panthers. Yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, I don't know how many points we've taken in June itself, but uh, yeah, terrific. And tonight surprised me a little. Um, obviously had the problems with the weather and the track and everything else, but it turned out to be a, a good track and, and the boys just got on with it. And um, I, I say I thought it'd be a lot tighter, but you know the team spirit here is, is unbelievable at the moment and uh, we just got to see, keep taking one match at a time, as we always say, but uh, terrific performance, so solid all the way through and... and my man of the match was Geordie Pale in the way he rode tonight. He's taken his form from Checo to Scunthorpe to, to, to Peterborough and long may that continue. Yeah, you mentioned the, the delayed start, the track conditions and, and all of that. I know you've uh, said previously as team manager you can't fully appreciate the, the quality of the racing, but uh, a super, super race fixture between uh, two, two solid teams, like you say. Yeah, absolutely. And Sheffield are you know, they're a good outfit despite the result tonight. They'll come back stronger, I'm sure. And uh, But we have to do what we have to do. It's our own track and and uh, it's about what we do and it's always about what we do because we've got the quality in the team and experience to, to be able to pull the results out but like I say and I keep saying it and I'll still keep saying it at the moment it's still early days and um, we need to keep our feet on the ground and just keep winning you know just keep doing what we're doing and keep taking one match as it comes and Kingsley Thursday next one go from there Still early days, but when you look at the way the, the fixture list had panned out and with such a, a, a run, uh, such a succession of home meetings, it was always going to be a, a crucial period that, that could really have a, a big say in things. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I think the very first fixture against Bellevue, we were unlucky to, to lose that meeting. Bellevue will have their own arguments about that, obviously, but you know, we, we lost like, I don't know, four or five points in that meeting through punctures and that would have swung it at least to a draw. Um, uh, but that's, that's gone, finished, you know, we, we moved on and, and from that point on we've just gone on a run and it's, it's, it's great and uh, very enjoyable to be a part of and all the boys are, you know, they're really coming to the, to the party. Yeah, and like you say, it's a, a new month on Thursday, nevertheless. It's a, just a, another fixture, as you say, but certainly one for the supporters. If you could get an away win um, at Kingsland like you did at Ipswich a few weeks ago, uh, they said certainly will be over the moon. I'm sure they will, and that's what we'll be aiming for. You know, there's four points up for grabs on Thursday, and we're going for all four. Um, we have to, you know, that's that's the mentality. We've, we've everybody wants to win, and, and I'm I'm sure Kingsling will have their own, you know, their own say on that. And uh, but that's up to us, isn't it? You know, if we do our jobs, and hopefully we can come out of the meeting with something. Many thanks for speaking to us as always, Rob. No worries, thanks. Rob Lyons saying that he was surprised by the meeting, really. Uh, maybe perhaps expected it to be a tighter affair against Sheffield. And of course, Sheffield with a couple of ex-Peterborough Panthers in their number in the form of um, uh, Adam Ellis, certainly has ridden there, and, um, and Jack Holder. Are you surprised as well that it wasn't a closer affair in the end? I was very surprised with, with that result because if I had one 
if I had one question mark over Peterborough before the season, it, it was that I, I thought there would be certain visiting teams who would have riders who would go there and win multiple races and, and score maximums. And the Sheffield team would have been one I'd have put down to be doing just that. Jack Holder used to ride for Peterborough in the Championship. Troy Batchelor rode for Peterborough many years ago now in the in the old Elite League. Adam Ellis, we know what a good rider he is. And I thought that sort of team with, with those top three would, could, could do a lot of damage around uh, Peterborough. But as it turned out, Jack Holder and Adam Ellis scored pretty well. Uh, Troy Batchelor had two last places. And the rest of the team didn't really fire. And it all adds up to a to, to a big home win. And you, you can tell the confidence in in Rob Lyon, what they've gained over this run of home wins um, when he's talking about going away and, and, and trying to get four points on Thursday. When when you look at, um, quite often you'll hear team managers talking about going away and making sure they get at least a point. And he's saying, no, no, we're going away, going for all four. They feel confident and they're on a roll. And for Sheffield, there's no respite really because next up at home, they've got Bellevue and Sheffield have been doing pretty well at home, but perhaps maybe not quite as convincing as some fans might hope. And then a trip away to Wolves next Monday. Um, are the Sheffield faithful maybe getting a little bit nervous in how things are going perhaps? Yes, I think so. And I think, although they, they may not admit it in public, I would suspect that the, the management may be thinking that way as well. Um, they are, as you say, in fifth place in the table. It, the Ipswich fourth place is something of a false position, bearing in mind the number of matches they've raced. So, yes, it, Ipswich and Kings Lynn, in many ways, are actually somewhere adrift, bearing in mind the home matches they've lost. So, Sheffield's position is not that bad because they've, they've won their home matches so far, albeit not totally convincingly. But they will be somewhat alarmed by that kind of defeat at uh, Peterborough because they'll be saying, well, if we go there, for example, in a playoff, if we finish even fourth on the table, go in the playoffs, well, that's no good. So I don't know if there'll be knee-jerk reactions, but there will definitely be, I would think, talk behind the scenes at Sheffield. Well, there's one issue they have to resolve clearly, which is the Josh Bates issue. Is he fit? Is he coming back? He's had so many crashes again this season. Is that going to be continual? Have they got to find somebody else in, in that position? And then trying to find some consistency amongst, obviously, that on paper, very powerful top three and the likes of, of Justin Sedgman, James Wright, below that. So I think there are questions for Sheffield. Whether it's a time for panic moves just yet, I don't know. But that meeting on Thursday may tell us a lot more when they're at home to a very strong Bellevue team. Well, let's hear from the Sheffield team manager right now. Here's Simon Stead. You know, we're a little bit weak in certain areas. Um, we'll work with the team and, and we'll we'll try our best to try and get more points in the areas we need to. I still feel we're a little bit rusty as a, as a team, but uh, we can gain a bit of momentum now. I think as we gain some momentum, get some more meetings under our belt, I think we'll be even more powerful. Uh, speaking to the boys... They are rusty and they're, they are look, they're wanting more meetings. So the fact that they start coming now, Monday, Thursday, Monday, Thursday, um, they're all looking forward to that. And they're as, um, they're as confident as me that we can get points on the board and um, it'll start looking very different very quickly. So the Sheffield boss there, Simon Stead, um, well, clearly he knows that things aren't quite going perfectly with the Tigers. But um, as you say, there's, there's one or two obvious things for them to look at. And um, next up, Bellevue. And uh, that's going to be an, a, a, always a big match because it's it's got more on it than just racing against a great team it's the Yorkshire Lancashire thing so there's that riding on it for a, a lot of the fans as well it's one of the traditional derbies in Speedway which is great to have back and it's the sort of fixture that the Sheffield fans would be pleased more than anything really about being in the in the premiership about 
Oh yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's a meeting that was so it's so historic, dating back, and it hadn't it hadn't been run really since the eighties. If you just uh, ignore the the couple of years in the nineties when it was the the all in one league, and it was great to have um, Bellevue Sheffield on the opening night of the season. That was the first that was the first TV fixture, and of course Sheffield ran Bellevue really close on that night. So. It's a bit peculiar how things have dismantled for them away from home since then when they've been to, to Wolverhampton and struggled and then had that, that bad night at uh, Peterborough too. So getting back on their home track where they have won their first couple of matches but against a, a Bellevue team who I think will go will go well at Sheffield, that will be a very big test and certainly bragging rights and I'm sure there'll be plenty of Bellevue fans making the trip as well. Um, yeah, promises to be a really good night at Alton. So that's uh, the next match at Alton on Thursday for Sheffield and Bellevue. And uh, another fixture on Thursday is at the Adrian Flux Arena. We've been talking about Peterborough. They'll be looking to continue their form at the top of the table, um, but they're taking on Kings Lynn, which is another fairly local derby as things go for uh, Peterborough Panthers fans. Let's hear about Kings Lynn's preparations for that match then. Here's Dale Allett speaking with Ryan Guest. Well, Kings Lynn promoter Dale Allett, um, I know we said it uh, last week, but once again, another massive night for the Stars on uh, on Thursday night, local derby against Peterborough, and uh, time, to, time to put the wrongs to right, I guess. Yeah, massive, massive for the club, massive local derby, and... Uh, you know, we say about the big derbies in football, Man United, Man City, well, this is just as big. Um, Ipswich like to think they're the big, you know, guys in the in the East, but uh, they don't come close to this one, to be fair. So um, looking forward to it, and we just need to put all the wrongs to rights and, and get a win. Yeah, when you look at the form um, at the two sides, uh, Kings Lynn and Peterborough, you, you would suggest it, it's only going to go one way, but that's, uh, that's the beauty of Speedway, I guess. Any sport with a local derby kind of goes out the window, you know, um, the boys just got to be up for it. Um, you know, we've, we've the last few meetings at home, we've not started well at all. And you know, by about heat eight, it's uh, it's it's not over, but we're certainly not in a good position. So we need to start well. I'm sure Rob will have the boys uh, fired up, and uh, you know, I'm sure Pete will do the same. So uh, well, that's what it's all about. You know, it's hopefully good racing. Uh, weather looks good, so I'm sure we'll get a good crowd as well, cheering on both sides. Kingsland debut for, for Cameron Heaps, but uh, so, some injury concerns going into Thursday again for the Stars and certainly not getting easier on that front. No, it's been a difficult season so far with one thing and another. Um, Thomas has uh, stretched some shoulder ligaments, so he's out, but uh, uh, we got Roy Schlein in, so that's a good guest because you know, I think uh, best we could have got out of the situation. Um, Harry got hurt Lancia on Sunday and looks like a dislocation of the shoulder joint, so he needs uh, a scan on that. Hopefully it's only a couple of weeks. Um, but with Cam coming in, he rides Kings in well. I think he got 30 points in 2019 in the two meetings there. So um, I'm sure he'll go well. And like I say, they've just got to be fired up. You know, I mean, it's uh, you only get these meetings a couple of times a year, so you've got to make it count. And we need to start winning at home, desperately. Kingsley have made a number of changes from their original lineup at the start of the season, as we know, and some of those have been enforced by injury. But they've been playing catch up quite a lot, haven't they? And that goes back to really the first match of the season against Ipswich, where they were significantly down after a, the first few heats, and then spend the rest of the, the meeting chasing the game, really. And that that's really certainly something that they need to avoid uh, for the future meetings to, to get themselves back on an even keel. Yeah, it's the amount of points they've not been scoring, mainly in the, in the, in the first half of meetings. He, he made the point about um, 
they're not starting well. And that's an understatement, really, because in all three home matches so far, there's been an absolute cascade of five ones against them at home in the first half of the meeting. And you, you're never going to win meetings like that. We know all about the changes that, that they've made at Kings Lynn. And he's mentioned there, Dale, again, that they've got issues with uh, Thomas Jorgensen injured. They've got a good guest on Thursday in, in Rory. They've got Eric Riss. Looks like he's on the sidelines for a couple of weeks. So it doesn't get any easier. And they're facing this very, very strong, solid Peterborough side um who i think are going to go there feeling they, they can do something um king's Lynn season in many ways hinges on these next two meetings when they race uh, peterborough at home on thursday and ipswich on tv home next monday um three home defeats so far they've absolutely got to start winning these these meetings and then start picking up some points on the road or it's going to be um you know just a, a disappointing run throughout the the second half of the season for the meetings coming up then in the premiership um kingsland versus ipswich as you mentioned on uh, monday and that's the the tv fixture on eurosport and um the other one will be wolves versus sheffield and uh, the, uh, the the tough matches keep coming for sheffield we've we've talked about their their plight already but um heading down to uh, monmore's uh, never a, an easy place to head yeah, that won't be easy. And they had a tough, a tough meeting there earlier in the season. In fact, I think I'm right in saying that that was the last meeting to take place at Monmore um, a few weeks ago. It's great to have Monmore able to be reopened in front of, I would say, a more sensible number of spectators. Because you look at the the gaps on the terraces the last time Wolverhampton race, which was the TV meeting against Sheffield at Monmore Green, and we all know the restrictions that we are having to work with and the reasons why they are in place. Um, but sometimes you get the feeling that it's not really an even playing field where you are in the country or what sport you're working with. And some of those gaps on the Wolverhampton terraces were were absolutely incredible. So it is great to see the work that Chris Van Stratton has done with the, the local council and with the stadium owners to, to get a more realistic audience in for, for next Monday. I am sure they will come out and support it because Wolverhampton are, are going well. Um, but as far as Sheffield are concerned, they had a bad night there uh, a few weeks ago and they've got to use that meeting as a, as a chance to really get their away form back on track. On the way then, we're going to turn our attention to the Championship and uh, lots to bring you and some big interviews too. We're going to hear from Scott Nichols, who's heading back to his old stomping ground of Leicester when Kent are the visitors. We'll hear from Scott on that return trip. We've also got Jordan Palin, who's going to be reflecting on his best ever score for the Scunthorpe Scorpions. And we did that interview before. He then went on and got his best ever score for the Peterborough Panthers. He's had quite a week as Jordan Palin. We'll hear from him and much more to come here on No Breaks, No no fear. No breaks, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. I'm Ian Brannan. I'm joined by Dave Rowe, who you'll recognise from uh, Eurosports coverage of British Speedway. Uh, he was in the pits on the Monday night fixture at Wolves. And uh, also joined by Ryan Guest, who is a voice that you'll recognise, uh, especially if you're a, a Sheffield fan or a Birmingham fan, and I think sometimes a Kings Lynn fan, because he does the um, centre green announcing as well. He's, he's everywhere. Hi, Ryan. Hello. How are we doing? Yeah, good. Thanks. So, uh, have you have you, uh, are you are you the kind of centre green announcer that does uh, does chance to to whip the uh, whip the crowd up, or is that not your role? <laughs> um, let's put it this way: I think I attempted it once at Perry Bar, and uh, Dave Rowe is in charge of the volume control, and it, my mic was muted for the next ten minutes. So, um, I don't think I've attempted it since. Put it that way. Yeah, but give it. Birmingham's quite a long one to give us a B. And, you know, it sort of goes on. Ah, but- to, to be fair, that is the one place where it does work. It does Give work. Us another M. There you go. <laughs> they love it at Perry Bar. Excellent stuff. Yeah, we've got the uh, we've got the Birmingham uh, 
uh, announcing dream team with us because uh, Dave's uh, Dave's in the box and uh, and Ryan's on the on the centre green. But you'll have heard Ryan a number of times on the podcast because he does lots of the the interviews um, at the uh, at, at the meetings as well. And I think you've been to what is it eleven meetings you've been to so far. There you go. See your keeping count as well. Yeah, yeah, 11 so far. I've got my little Ryan guest abacus there in the corner, just uh, <laughs> keeping a tab on it. Let's hear some of your handiwork now then, uh, first up, because you've been speaking with Scott Nichols. You caught up with him at the Peterborough match on Monday uh, against Sheffield. But um, it's a big week for Scott because he's returning back to his old stomping ground of Leicester. Leicester, the reigning um, championship champions from 2019, because, of course, no season last year. So uh, by default, they remain the champions and... Scott was the captain of that team and now he heads back with the Kent Kings to take on the Leicester Lions this weekend and he's been speaking with Ryan about that. Well, Scott Nichols back in action in the Championship with uh, two away fixtures for Kent this week, starting at Poole on Wednesday. Um, obviously a, a great addition to the second division. Yeah, it is um, great, but going to be a tough one for us as well. Um, we know Poole are a, you know, a tough side. Um, whatever league they're in, you know they're always um, put out a strong side. So it's going to be a tough one for us. You know, We've had a little bit of a, a tough time. Um, obviously, it's great that Cam is back in the, the side, but obviously with Tom deciding to retire, we, we kind of there's a, a big gap there for us to try and feel really and um, it's difficult there's not really any riders there at the moment to fill that spot so it's going to be tough for us but you know what it's good just to get some means means on the road um, to get out of the way Len's you know just happy for the team to get on to do what we've got to do so um, we know it's going to be tough but uh, yeah we'll, we'll go there in, in a positive frame of mind do the best job we can on Saturday it's going to be a, a bit of a special one obviously you've still got a, a job to do for, for Kent but nevertheless going back to Leicester and obviously everyone knows the story what you helped the club achieve in 2019 and uh, you've openly said that, that you'd have been open to, to going back there in 2020 if it wasn't for the TV commitments yeah it's, I enjoyed my time at Leicester and I uh, was delighted to, to captain them to that, that success. Um, you know, it's been a, a team that hasn't had the joy of success. You know, they've they fought long and hard to get it. And uh, so I was delighted to be part of that. And like you said, it's, um, these things happen. It was a, a track I enjoyed and the promotion and the fans and everything. But obviously, with, with I have other commitments and, and something I had to give. So, um, yeah, but I'll go back there. I mean, I look forward to going there again. Another They've put together a fantastic side. Obviously, they're going all out to get another title in a bag and, and, and fair play to them. Um, but I'll be going there with the, the Ken Kings hat on and going there to do the best job I can. Yeah, is it fair to say that's probably one of the toughest places to go to as an away side in the championship? I think they're, you know, they're going to be good at home, and they've got a solid team from top to bottom. So yeah, it will be exceptionally hard to go there, along with like you say, Paul, and I think Glasgow is another one of the sides that are tough there. So, um, but you know, we know in Speedway that uh, you can never underestimate anybody. So uh, yeah, just be interesting to see who comes out on top at the end of the year. But I'm just, I think like everyone, we're just happy to be back racing. Yeah, just finally, we've spoken about the Kent team situation there. Um, obviously, trying to build in the second tier. You've also mentioned Len Silver, and despite his age, still plenty of enthusiasm. Oh man, the bloke is unreal. It's uh, still skiing at his age, and uh, he's full of enthusiasm, and that's great. You know, it's what you want. You want a, a, a boss that's still got the enthusiasm, and uh, he's clocked up a few miles, but he's still got the energy there. So, um, no, I'm delighted. Again, it's another a guy that I've had an awful lot of respect for over the years, but never ridden under him. So, I'm I'm pleased to say that at least I get to race under him uh, before he decides to, to hang the the manager's belt up, and before I hang the boots up. Many thanks for your time, as always, Scotty. No worries, thank you. 
In the same way that we spoke about um, Peterborough and them being an experienced side, shall we say, um, same goes for Kent. I'm not saying that Scott Nichols is that common denominator, but uh, it sort of, sort of is. But that experience, though, is, is doing them well because Kent, I think, I'm not sure that people really fancied Kent too much to do anything particularly in the championship this season you know when we were talking about previewing the season and stuff like that Kent rarely got a mention but you know they've got four meetings on the board so far and that's soon to be five and they're sort of comfortably mid-table bubbling along nicely and the uh, you know the, the playoff spots are not out of reach for them if they if they get uh, a role going yeah definitely I think um, you, you look at Kent's season so far and it it did get off to a, a tough start I think the the opening fixture at Glasgow was uh, abandoned because of the weather um, they did manage to get a, a an encouraging draw um, away at Plymouth and then um, they were leading Glasgow uh, just let it slip in the second half of the meeting but yeah finally got that uh, first win in the second tier on the board against Plymouth um, in the middle of the June um, and they were just looking to, to build some momentum from there. Unfortunately, they've had three uh, consecutive postponements from uh, since then, um, which has blocked the run. And yeah, um, as Scotty touched upon there, some uh, some tough fixtures coming the way now as well. Absolutely. And Dave, what about Leicester? Because uh, clearly reigning champions, but they they always put a, a strong side together, as, as Scott was mentioning, that, that that's one of the things that they're, they're known for. It's it's not like a, a world-beating team one season and, and, and nothing the next. They've been fairly consistently good over the last few years or so. And uh, again, they're there or thereabouts. Glasgow are clearly very strong, but the rest of them are, are clearly in the chasing pack. And, uh, you know, it's not it's, it's a long way to go still yet in this season yeah Leicester have a bit of work to do um they are strong no doubt about that and, and really ever since um ever since Stuart Dixon went in there and, and, and took charge and, and really reinvigorated things uh, along with with Scott Nichols doing a fine job as captain in 2019 um that that definitely transformed fortunes there as far as um as far as this season is concerned um they've been good around their home circuit They've struggled away. They've dropped points away that you wouldn't expect. Um, places like uh, Newcastle, again, with all respect, Leicester got, got nothing there. Um, got to just one point at Berwick, uh, lost to Edinburgh. And they have the issue with Ty Proctor retiring, needing to find a replacement for him. And also the, the fitness concerns over Josh Bates, which I touched on uh, when we talked about Sheffield. So there are things for, for Leicester to sort out. What they do have as a, as a big plus is the form of the young Thompson twins at reserve. Uh, Dan Thompson is taking enormous scalps week after week, uh, and Joe is progressing too. So the the the, um, the ingredients are certainly there if they get the the right change in the middle order. They will certainly be there or thereabouts. But yeah, you mentioned Glasgow top and uh, looking very good. Scunthorpe doing very well with, with their home form of late, having just brought in Adam Ellis, and that was Edinburgh's first defeat of the week uh, of the season in the, in the league when they when they lost at um, Scunthorpe on Sunday. There are some really strong Championship teams. Leicester will be up there. I'm pretty sure of that. But picking picking four to get through is going to be very difficult. We can hear in a moment from uh, Ryan Douglas, who is uh, obviously an Australian rider who made a decision to return back to Australia last year during the pandemic, got himself a regular job and has come back to Speedway. But not every Speedway rider has found that transition quite so straightforward. And in particular, when we talk about Leicester, Ty Proctor is one who's got himself a job outside of Speedway now and finding everything a little bit difficult to balance the, the working life and the home life and preparing for Speedway, which can take 
take a day in itself, you know, and it's a full-time job in itself. And maybe one or two riders like Ty have found that transition um, from normal life back to speedway life, if you want to put it like that, uh, a little bit of a, a very difficult one to manage. Yes, very much so. I, I had sympathy with, with, with Ty Proctor, but understood his decision because, in all honesty, he wasn't doing himself or his teams any favours with his form. And clearly he is he has got big big work commitments too, whereas you you flip that round to, to Ryan Douglas, who had a great season with, um, with Leicester in 2019 and also came into the Wolverhampton team midway through that season too, so got himself in, in the Premiership. And he made one of the, what turned out to be a really smart decision early last year, which was to head back to Australia at the very beginning of the pandemic. He didn't stick around to see if things might improve. He and, and Nick Morris and a couple of others got, got straight on the plane back home had his year back in Australia. I know he's been working hard and also carrying on riding. And then he's been able to come back this season uh, looking even better. So everyone's got their own circumstances. Um, but Ryan Douglas is definitely one to watch out for as a, a top man in the championship and, and very much a, a race winner too in the, in the premiership. So he's the kind of rider we're looking forward to seeing develop even further as this season goes on. Well, let's hear more about this from the man himself. Robin Allen has been speaking with Ryan Douglas. How does it feel for, for riders like yourself? Like you, you spend all this money to, to come over to the UK and and you can just go out there and have some fun with the mates and mates that you grew up with? Nah, it's awesome, especially after that season off in, in Australia with no racing here. Uh, a normal job, it definitely makes appreciate being able to come over here and, and race and uh, really enjoying it. And, yeah, make a bit of money while you're there, so um, no, I couldn't ask for much more. But you haven't really had much time off the bike because you, you were busy in Australia and you, you did some racing while you are back home. Yeah, exactly. I did a fair bit of riding, especially towards the end, and, and had some good results, but it's obviously a lot different coming in riding, so it's still took me a little bit to get back into the groove over here, but I've had definitely my best season so far and some, some consistent double figures, so just got to keep trying to do that now. Now, it's going to start getting busy again for you because Wolverhampton have said that they're, they're going to be getting back racing next week. So how good is that? Yeah, it's awesome. It's, um, it was a bit of a shame when they, they pushed it back another month, the lockdown. But um, so they've seemed to have got a, a release of more fans now allowed to come to even the next meeting. So that's a big bonus to get back with them. And uh, I think yeah, next month's really busy and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to riding a lot. And how much is it to, to ride in front of these fans? And, and they're really passionate here at Leicester and at Wolverhampton. Yeah, exactly. Both have great fans. And here, you know, you wouldn't even know with the, with the restrictions. They get a great crowd as, even with, with what's going on. So um, it's awesome to have it ride in front of a decent crowd and, and hear them cheering you on. And you're building stuff slowly but surely here at Leicester and, and you're looking to put in a title defence. Yeah, exactly. We started um, a little bit slow for our standards, even though we've won no matches here. We would have liked to get a, a few more points on the road, but um, I'm pretty confident we're going to be uh, forced by the end of the season and uh, be looking to get our titles back. And it's all about getting the wins on the road as well. Yeah, exactly. You need to bang some points in a way, especially when it comes down to the business end of meeting the, the double headers. Um, you need to go to away tracks and keep it tied or win, and it takes a lot of pressure off you at home. Then. Thank you, Tom. No worries. So Leicester versus Kent are uh, facing each other 7 o'clock on Saturday at the Paul Chapman and Sons Arena. Um, before we move on to the, the next interview, so just to mention for Birmingham, because they've announced that they're going to resume their 2021 season next week, returning to action with the second leg of their knockout cup tie against Redcar. 
car, which is a story in itself, I suppose, really, where there's been appeals and, and what have you. But um, it's uh, going back to a second leg at Perry Bar next Wednesday, July 7th. Um, so there's the meeting, but then there's also the, the ongoing talks. And, and Dave, you can just update us on, on where things are at, because as we mentioned, you're involved with, with Birmingham. You'll be back behind the mic next Wednesday. And um, the, the key thing has been this um, being able to pay um, on the day uh, sort of situation, walk-up payment rather than doing things online that they've been struggling with. And there's been talks going on with the, the city council in Birmingham to try and overcome that obstacle some way. My understanding is that's not confirmed either way yet as to whether people can pay cash on the night to get in, which is a it's a massive problem. Um, I think it's it's common knowledge that the uh, the spectator base at, at Birmingham is one of the the older in in the league. Uh, there are people nowadays who don't uh, who still don't uh, pay online as as many people do, um, and some people will want to make that decision on the night, you know, at five past five six o'clock to go to the speedway. And that was definitely something which cost them big time when they ran a home meeting against Glasgow a few weeks ago, and, and the crowd was substantially down. No one, can really, and again, with the restrictions we're working under, everyone understands the need for, for what's happened, but no one can quite work out why, for example, you can't pay cash to get into a stadium, but you could pay cash to, to, to buy a drink. It, it doesn't make a great deal of sense, and there is space at these venues for everyone to to space out. So as far as I know, th- those talks are ongoing, but the club the club has to get restarted. And if you don't restart at some particular point, you're just going to run out of fixtures or time to run those fixtures. So credit to them for, for getting the show back on the road. Hopefully people will back it and get the tickets they need in advance. And I guess it's uh, probably somewhat ironic that it was the it was the red car fixture that started things off when they did have clearly all manner of issues with the track, etc. Um that's now being rerun um, next Wednesday. So um, certainly on, on that on that first night, it was a good night for me to be in the box and for uh, Ryan to be on the centre green, and that will be the case again next Wednesday. <laughs> Have you got your banter ready, Ryan? Yeah, can't wait for that one. It's, uh, it's certainly going to be uh, an interesting one. As you said, Red Car have had uh, plenty to say, and rightly so. You can see where they're coming from, but nevertheless, it's uh, it's ni- nicely poised, just a couple of points in it, thanks to the, the late Birmingham fight back in what eventually turned out to be the first leg on the 4th of June. Um, and yeah, like you say, it's going to be great to get back to Perry Bar, and uh, hopefully the Brummish supporters are out in force next Wednesday. And if anything changes on that, any further developments on the, the ways that you can pay to get into Birmingham, next fixture will of course let you know on speedwaygb.co.uk next let's talk about Jordan Palin because the Scunthorpe star has had quite the week in Speedway travelled to the Czech Republic and qualified along with Drew Kemp and Leon Flint to the under 19 FIM European final which is going to take place in Latvia later this year only five could qualify and three Brits have made it through he followed that up by his best ever score for the Scunthorpe Scorpions in the championship where he scored 16 plus 2 and then followed that up with his best ever score in the premiership for the Peterborough Panthers on Monday night against Sheffield so let's hear more from Jordan Palin right now he's been chatting with Ryan Guest well first of all Jordan um, a career best performance on Sunday for Scunthorpe turned out to be a, a hectic day for yourself in the end yeah, definitely. With my teammate pulling out after his uh, first ride, I was uh, busy seven rides, so it was good. I got the ball rolling, it just kept going. So I don't know where it came from, but hopefully I can uh, bring it on today and score a few points this afternoon. 
Yeah, um, and for, for the Scorpions as well, ended the last remaining unbeaten run in the Championship as well, and it really has been a, a powerful start to the season for the Scorpions. Yeah, the team's uh, just all clicking together now at this time of the year. We're all going good, all of, we're all a team, and uh, just... Everyone's uh, pulling the weight. It's one to seven. We're a strong team, so if we can just keep going and getting some away wins now. Yeah, you've already shown what you're capable of, as we just mentioned, a career best performance, and um, certainly learning lots from from some of the more experienced members in the side. Yeah, definitely. It's a very experienced team, and um, we're learning every meeting, just little tri- tips and tricks. So yeah, it's good. I'm just trying to progress as quick as possible, but. Um, as steady as possible too and stay consistent yeah to do that on the back of what had been a busy couple of days travelling to the Czech Republic um, and what an experience as well uh, qualifying with Leon Andrew through to the net through to the final yeah definitely it was a good uh, Great Britain riders dominated that meeting which we've never done before so it was a good step for GB and hopefully we can keep doing that in future events yeah and like you say when you compare yourself to all the other nations as well to to see that sort of dominance uh, claiming the majority of the qualification positions from that meeting uh, really is a moment to be proud of for all of you. Yeah, definitely. We all, uh, even as an individual event, we all came together as a team and we all qualified and it was uh, great to see the GB manager happy and hopefully we can just keep doing it and uh, start dominating the speedway. Obviously, this was always going to be a massive season for yourself. We might only be uh, just over a month or so into it, but already must be learning loads. Yeah, definitely. We're, in, we're only a month into it, but I've done more meetings this month than I have done my whole career. So, yeah, it's definitely good being on the bike a couple of times a week and uh, just keep rolling. He's done more meetings this month than he has in his whole career. It's, it seems quite a quite, quite a jammed June, but uh, there is Jordan Palin, who's a hugely exciting talent, one of many, as we mentioned, that um, through to the the under-19s final as well, which is is great experience for him to do that. But how much do you think is being part of uh, an experienced team like Peterborough um, really helping his development, Dave? When you when you see how he's been coming along, it has to be a help. If a if a young if a young rider cannot learn from people like Scott Nichols, Chris Harris, and Anderson, etc., etc., if they're not learning from those people who are who are always willing to give their time and advice when people are willing to take that advice, then um, you're never going to learn anything. And I'm sure that Jordan Payne has his head very much uh, firmly switched on and screwed on and 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 he's taking advantage of that and and the weekend he's had is is, is fantastic it's, it's it was great to see that result in the Czech Republic because to see three or th- three out of three out of the top four were, were British riders uh Nathan Ablin also did pretty well didn't quite make it through but he's less experienced and did well and these are the kind of meetings that in years gone by we wouldn't have been getting results like that so great to see those three boys going through to the final. Uh, I think there's probably a bit of a message there, given that there was no no senior place for a British rider in the Under-21 World Championship this year. Uh, we know a couple of riders missed out on the qualifier because of the travel restrictions and the quarantine restrictions. So a bit of a message there to go straight to Dibis off on uh, on Saturday and finish three of the top four. That, that was fantastic. And to get to watch people like Jordan Palin um, and, and Drew Kemp and uh, all the others that are coming through, Tom Brennan's having a good season, uh, watching Anders Road too, talked about Leon Flinto, yeah, the Thompson boys. The future is very bright. People obviously look at the the top lines and see how many riders we've got in the Grand Prix and, and things like that, which we have two now, but further down the line, another five, six years or so, that's where this conveyor belt is leading to, to get us to a point where perhaps we're on a par with or indeed in front of um, nations like Denmark and, and Poland and on the top stage we've got three or four or five um, Grand Prix riders potentially would be would be the ultimate dream, wouldn't it? 
but po- Poland's a big challenge to get ahead of because they are they are so strong and whenever whenever an under twenty one rider in Poland moves up into the the main body or moves out of that category, there's always people to replace them. So when they go into the under twenty ones this year, Jakub Miskowiak, who's having a fantastic season, will be the red hot favourite. They've got Victor Lampard as well, and they replace the likes of. Cabrera and Spectawa that have just moved up. And those are the boys that are trying to eventually replace riders like Zmarslik and Yunoski. They have a constant progression. But we are beginning to get there at the lower level. Now, at the top level, we've got Ty Wuffenden, Robert Lambert and Dan Beauty who are all scoring great points in the extra league. That's not happened before to have three of them. We're now getting real strength in, in the youngsters coming through, uh, apart from Poland, we're ahead of every other nation in that respect. And that's a lot of work. That's credit to the work being done, not just by the riders, but by the backroom teams and the, the Great Britain Speedway team and the various development programmes that have gone on, in some ways unnoticed for the last three or four years. This hasn't happened overnight. It's gradually gained momentum, and you're now beginning to see the rewards. Still to come then on No Breaks, No Fear, the official podcast of British Speedway. We're going to continue to look ahead to the fixtures in the championship and also a few fixtures over the next seven days in the National Development League. And we'll hear from Newcastle Diamonds star Max Clegg, all on the way on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. The official British Speedway podcast back every Tuesday, 8 o'clock. You'll get a new one straight into your inbox. And don't forget to subscribe to whichever podcast provider you use uh, because if you subscribe, it means that your device is going to check more regularly. And so sometimes when we upload them, it can take an hour or two for them to arrive. So if you subscribe, uh, it bypasses all that a little bit and sort of speeds you up, puts you down the express queue and uh, and, and you'll, you'll uh, be sure to, to get it as soon as it's available every Tuesday. Let's turn our attention then now to a couple of the other sides in the championship. Um, Newcastle have had a pretty tough start to life uh, this season with various things. I think the COVID restrictions certainly being one. And uh, of course, their um, their number one, Ben Barker, getting injured in the press and practice certainly wasn't ideal either. Uh, Ryan, when we talk about the, the Newcastle team, it's, it's a they have a track that they have a, a clear home advantage on I think versus a lot of the other stadiums in the country now but really the it's the off off track stuff that's that's kind of done them in with everything that happened in the in the lead up to the season not even knowing if they're going to get to the tapes or not and then having the restrictions and then an injury to your number one it's it's been less than ideal hasn't it yeah um, as you said it's been a, a far from ideal start to the season for Newcastle plenty uh, going on off track um as people have seen over recent weeks with uh, with different sponsorship issues, there the, were the stadium problems as well. Um, I think, as everyone knows, they had the, the, the problem with the, the team management situation. And, yeah, just um, a lot of distractions more than anything. Um, and even when you looked at the team, let's, let's be brutally honest, it, it's not the most attractive-looking team that you think is going to uh, make any sort of challenge in the championship. But, as you said... Bruff Park does appear to be one of those tracks where away teams struggle to go to. Um, and as Dave touched upon earlier, Leicester, uh, Leicester's defeat there a few weeks ago was the, the perfect example of that. And they've um, been getting some decent guests to fill in for Ben Barker as well. They had Stevie Worrell, who was um, certainly an instrumental part of that um, Leicester defeat um, by Newcastle. And um, if they can keep getting guests of that calibre, that's certainly going to help them uh, up the table a little bit, isn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, I may have dreamt this, may have dreamt it. I'm sure I read somewhere, though, that Ben Barker was targeting a comeback sooner than expected, um, which, let's be honest, the character of Ben Barker, you certainly wouldn't put it past him. Um, and, yeah, he, he's, he can be a solid performer um, at the championship. You know what you're going to get from Ben, certainly 100% um, attitude and effort. He can, he can easily score double points. Uh, Matty Weathers, another experienced campaigner, particularly in the second division, Who's uh, who's a, a solid performer, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's just further down the order. Um, I think Max Clegg is currently third in their averages, and yeah, with no disrespect to Max, obviously he has been uh, ridden in the Premiership, um, a, a, a superb National League rider, but to to be third in in a National League outfit um, in terms of averages, that that probably does suggest where where Newcastle's imbalance is maybe. Well, let's hear from Max Clegg right now because um, he's been speaking with Robin Allen about the season so far with Newcastle. To be fair, I wouldn't say it's been going well this year so far. It's been, uh, you know, inconsistent. Uh, it's probably the best word. Um, I think I scored paid 10 at Edinburgh and I've done hardly anything since then. Uh, been getting the odd, I think I've been getting four points everywhere else. So um, I've just been, I've had a couple of issues with my bikes and whatnot. Um, but hopefully tonight fix that and uh, you know, get out the start and get back to winning races like I know I can. And it's quite difficult because you look at your average and, and realistically there's a few riders in there that are having to, to ride in second string and heated position that wouldn't necessarily get protected in other circumstances if you had a bit of a, a stronger lineup. But you've you've gone with, with what you've gone with and you've got to make the best of it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, I think the trouble is with um, you know obviously Newcastle before you know before COVID, we came into the season quite late anyway. Um, obviously, we they, they didn't know what was going on, you know. Um, they didn't know if it was going to be running or whatnot, but um, you know when they decided there was, it was time to put a team together. But obviously, you know a lot of the riders have already been, you know, signed elsewhere, so uh, it, it, it it was tough for them. But um, you know you gotta you gotta do what you can do, and um, you know they have done. And to be fair, I don't think you know we've got a bad a bad team on paper. Um, you know everyone seems to be riding well, uh, but you know it's just it's just a matter of getting everybody riding well together. Now uh, we obviously we had a good win on. Um, on Sunday, which you know that that's definitely put everybody in uh, you know good spirits for tonight and uh, you know for tomorrow as well. So um, yeah, we just have to see what happens. But uh, like I say, we've got a good team. You know, when Ben comes back, I think that'll be good. Uh, and obviously Adam's out injured at the minute, but uh, when we can get a full one to seven back again, I think you know we should do pretty well. It's very much a case this season that you've got to make the most of home advantage. Yeah, definitely. Um, the track changed quite a bit from 2019. Um, it was doing a lot of work, you know, over the uh, last year uh, and during the winter, and um, it, yeah, it's changed a lot. Um, we've still got a little bit of home track advantage, but I don't think we've got as much as we used to. Um, but. Yeah, we can only race what's in front of us, and uh, you know the track is really good this year at Newcastle. Uh, started off a little bit, bit slow the track, but last meeting was uh, the track was brilliant. So uh, it's, can only go on as an upwards for me, I guess. Newcastle have been very unfortunate with 
restrictions with injuries as we're hearing your number one going down in the in the press and practice and and putting himself out for a number of weeks are all things that you wouldn't really plan on um the one thing that they need now really i think as much as anything is where possible because they have got restrictions is to get as many people as possible through the turnstiles newcastle as you're hearing they've they've put on as good a show as they can with they've got some great guests they've had steve worrell guesting for them they've beaten some of the big teams on their home patch as well and really now if you are a lapsed fan of any club but particularly newcastle you know get yourself down there and, and support the promotion because that's what they need yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, the the supporter back in is is key, key to every every club in the country. Um, certain clubs can only uh, run with advanced tickets. That's the agreement they've got with their uh, with their local authorities. Other clubs can offer walk ups, and that's just going to vary b- between now and the end of the season, I guess. But every single club needs all the supporters. Um, I think you touched upon it there about um, supporters feeling safe. I can assure you, every meeting, every track that I've been to so far. Um, everything has been set up perfectly, whether it to be with different zones and uh, uh, only a set number of people can stand in certain zones, uh, face masks, uh, what, whatever needs to be done has basically been done uh, by the club professionally, set up correctly. Um, naturally, a bit of common sense needs to come into play from supporters themselves, but nevertheless, just uh, get down to your local track. Some of the speedway um, has been absolutely superb and after so long away from it it's great to see it live speed when it's okay watching it on Eurosport every week it's okay watching old DVDs but nothing beats uh, live speedway in the flesh I guess Well let's finish by looking at some of the places you can take in some speedway this week and um, we've talked about what's happening in the Premiership Kings Lynn versus Peterborough Sheffield versus Bellevue and then on um, Friday we've got Glasgow versus Plymouth a long trip for the uh, Plymouth fans there but so they've got a decent team um jason crump um possibly taking his place again in that uh, plymouth lineup uh, we know that he rode for ipswich on monday um so uh, as long as he's feeling all right after that then um, he'll take his place not sure at the time of recording bianna pedersen in the lineup as well but glasgow very strong team indeed and really setting the marker down in the championship at the moment aren't they dave glasgow have been very very strong indeed they were a bit concerned about a couple of um away performances where they fell away towards the back end of meetings but the big thing with Glasgow they've got they've got points on the board early they got a couple of away wins at, at Kent and Birmingham in the early weeks it's going to really carry them through because it's going to take a, a very good team to to get anything at Ashfield so you you can't nail down someone for a top four finish this early on but I would be amazed if Glasgow aren't there or thereabouts at the end the question with them is, is can they carry it through because of course they've made several playoffs in recent years uh, but they never actually managed to win the the, uh, the championship so uh, they will be uh, desperate to do so. Just brought just brought back Connor Bailey as uh, rising star in place of Jack Smith, so they'll want him to uh, hit the ground running uh, fairly quickly. And uh, yeah, Glasgow, I'm sure, will be will be strong throughout the campaign. Other fixtures taking place on Friday night. Redcar hosting Eastbourne. Some great riders on show in this one. Uh, Redcar, of course, have got Charles Wright, former British champion, in their lineup. Uh, Jake Allen and uh, Anders Rowe, Michael Palmtoft, very strong side taking on Eastbourne, um, who uh, list uh, people like. Lewis Kerr, Richard Lawson, Edward Kennett, and um, some good youngsters as well, like Tom Brennan and Drew Kemp involved as well. So that's going to be a good one. And then uh, Scunthorpe. Now, 
Are they the surprise package in the championship? They were playing down their chances at the start of the season. But pound for pound, they're better than anybody at the minute. They've uh, beaten Edinburgh in the last week, who were the last remaining unbeaten side in the championship. And uh, Scunthorpe uh, next take on Berwick on Friday night. Um, This is going to be a good meeting. And Scunthorpe are certainly dark horses, aren't they, Dave? The question will be, um, what will they do away from home? They've clearly... They've made an ambitious move by replacing Josh Orty, who is a, a legend of Scunthorpe and still due to Sage's testimonial there. But to bring in uh, Adam Ellis um, suggests that they think that with the home form they've shown, they could do some damage this season. And certainly with the, n- the numbers they've been clocking up on their own circuits, then when if you go into a two-legged tie with those sorts of home wins, then, then who knows what can happen. So if they can go away and start picking up some points, um, Scunthorpe, very serious contenders. And again, what they do in in the next few weeks will be very interesting, um, and they'll be obviously checking on the fitness too of um, of Thomas Jorgensen. They need to get a full side, but obviously that weapon weapon of Jordan Palin, the rapidly improving Jordan Palin at reserve, is going to help them out. And if he moves up, then somebody else will move down. So, yeah, Scunthorpe definitely a team to watch. Just jumping in there, um, you mentioned about the experience Peterborough have got. When you look at Scunthorpe as well, um, you look at their middle order in Ted Arneo, Theo Piper, and Simon Lambert. You've also got that that same sort of experience there. Um, particularly for that second division. Um, And I know speaking to Jordan Palin, he said that that is uh, playing just as much a factor as the Peterborough experience. So um, maybe that's something which, uh, which people have underestimated with the Scorpions this year. Let's just turn our attention before we finish then to the National Development League because um, we've had a, a week or two really when there's been not much action in the in the NDL but there's a few meetings coming up this week um, and first up on Friday uh, Armadale versus Leicester is uh, is one fixture and um, these are two sides that are um, up towards the top end of, of the National League at the moment it's still fairly tight up there but uh, Leicester and Armadale are, 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 are the uh, second and third team um, respectively with Berwick currently leading that table and um, that should be a, a good meeting for anybody who's uh, who is able to get down to that one Dave yes it should um, the the Thompson boys rode well at uh, Armadale last year uh, when they raced in the, in the youth uh, championship so no reason why they won't score heavily and obviously Armadale the, the battles with the likes of, of Nathan Greaves will, will be interesting I think the whole the whole league is, is difficult to read at present because a couple of the fancy teams actually haven't ridden too much you look at for example Mildenhall who I think uh, have got a great chance this year they've only raced uh, once so far that was a draw at Leicester um, Eastbourne have done well on the road but have not been able to do too much home track racing whereas Le- Leicester have actually raced four at home so it's really hard to get a full read on this, uh, this competition so far um, but I, I fancy Armadale Leicester should be should be a close one, especially if the Leicester riders can can win races, which with the Thompsons and Joe Lawler on his home championship track, they probably can. Bellevue Colts take on the Kent Royals uh, as well on um, Friday, and uh, Kent have announced that Ryan Kinsley is going to be their um, new captain uh, going forward, at least for this uh, period of the the, the season, and um, that's going to be a a bit of a baptism of fire at the National Speedway Stadium uh, against the Colts. But, um, Ryan, this will be great experience for Ryan Kinsley, clearly losing his place in the Kings Lynn Stars Premiership lineup, But now being a captain in the National Development League, that's got to be good for his confidence, hasn't it? Yeah, uh, definitely. As you said, uh, Ryan Kinsley was really looking forward to 
Um, such a big year, local side, uh, rising star spot with Kings Lynn. That only lasted a, a couple of meetings. And I think, I think realistically, the stars would have liked to have given him longer. But the situation they found themselves in, um, Ryan Kinsley was just a, a victim of those circumstances, I think. But yeah, um, I think when you look down the, uh, the Ken Pecking order, certainly um, makes sense to give him with the experience he's got behind him in the National Development League. Um, and yeah, they, they, they have got a, a solid side and you would imagine they're going to be there, there or thereabouts. And um, the other part of the weekend, um, Mildenhall that we mentioned have had just the, the one fixture and they've had a, a, a bit of a time really getting on track with any any form of meeting, um, largely with, with rain-offs uh, as much as anything else. But they face the Berwick Bullets who are top of the league. So that's going to be a big one, Dave, isn't it? It's on, uh, on Sunday for, for Mildenhall there to, to finally make some headway in their in their uh, league campaign, but against the, uh, the the top of the table is not going to be easy. Yeah, I think Milden have, have a really strong side, and they, they were actually my pick at the start of the season to win the National Development League. And as we said, they've not had much racing so far, so they'll be desperate to get their uh, their home campaign on the go. And of course, as we mentioned, um, Berwick now without uh, now without Leon Flint in their side um, in in terms of uh, in terms of at least racing now as he's racing in the in the Premiership. But uh, it's a warm welcome back to Luke Krang who showed a lot of promise um, around five or six years ago, rode at this level for, for Coventry, and also had some higher league experience too. Um, never quite managed to hold down a team place with clubs like um, Workington and, and Redcar. It's been associated with Berwick too. So it's good to see Luke Crang back in the sport. It will be tough for him to, to come straight in against a strong uh, Mildenhall side, uh, but I'll be interested to see how he gets on. So we're going a really interesting meeting. Yeah, it's interesting in the National League, isn't it, to see a few a few names from the past making an appearance. And you mentioned uh, Luke Crang there, but there's there's others as well, um, particularly in the Bellevue Colts lineup with the likes of Benji Compton, for example. Um, so it's not just uh, young upcoming lads. There's a few um, more experienced hands in that league as well that can certainly help out. Yeah, um, another one that, that springs to mind is Jake Knight as well. Uh, he openly said that this was going to be his last stab at it. Uh, he wants to give it a give it a, a serious go. Um, certainly, some encouraging early scores for the Eastbourne Seagulls in the National League, but also took a guest book, booking for the Eagles at Glasgow on Friday night. Scored five points with a, a race win to his name, and I, I'm pretty sure he was on for for some more if he didn't blow an engine. So, um, yeah, like you say, it's uh, certainly. Uh, great to see some of the some of the older names coming back, giving it a try. And um, when you think of the likes of Jake Knight and that guest booking, um, an opportunity to to get back and climb the ladder once again, perhaps. So a busy week ahead in Speedway um, action in all three leagues. If you're able to get out and enjoy any of those matches, um, please do get down there. Hopefully the weather's going to be pretty decent across the country over the next five or six days or so at the time of recording. So go down there, take in some Speedway in person. I'm hoping to get to Redcar, who are taking on the Eastbourne Eagles, and that's on Friday night. So um, I was going to go to the one last week, but it was rained off. So hopefully for better weather this week at my end. Um, Ryan, how about you? Where are you heading? Yeah, well, it's been uh, great to have four successive weeks at the, at the East of England Arena. What a racetrack it is. Probably one of the uh, the best in the country. It's uh, going to be great to get back to uh, Mama Green on Monday for Wolverhampton versus Sheffield. And then, as we touched upon earlier, uh, really looking forward to being back at Perry Bar uh, when Red Car visiting the Championship Knockout Cup on Wednesday. And are you at Ollerton as well uh, this week for, for Sheffield and Bellevue? Are you, are you off? Yes, yes, Sheffield versus uh, Bellevue. It'll be the first time I've actually experienced that fixture. But uh, speaking to some of the, 
the locals last week, uh, one they're really excited for. Obviously, Bellevue just about got the better of the Tigers on the opening night of the Premiership season. Um, Sheffield obviously need to put things right after that uh, defeat on Monday night as well. And no better way to do that than a win in the War of the Roses against the local rivals Bellevue and maintaining the unbeaten start at Ollerton. Is Sheffield's Carvery now back open? That's the main question. Well, the good news is that the Carvery restaurant bookings are being taken. Unfortunately, <laughs> when you've got a microphone in your hand, you can't have a bit of gammon hanging out your mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 day one at uh, announcer school. That isn't it? No, nothing in your mouth while speaking, please. The the, the locals don't like it. Okay, good stuff, Dave. How about you? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm back on um, European Championship duty this weekend. Uh, round three is in Gdansk on Saturday, so we're watching out for Dan Bewley and uh, Robert Lambert in that. Dan's currently in the top five, so terrific from him so far. That's on Saturday. Um, then I'm at Kingsland with the Eurosport team on Monday, Kingsland v Ipswich. And then I shall be uh, meeting up with Ryan at uh, Birmingham Red Car next Wednesday. Oh, look at that. The dream team, you lucky Brummies fans, eh? What a what a fixture that's going to be against Redcar. My thanks then to Dave Rowe and to Ryan Guest for joining us this week. And don't forget, we've got plenty of old episodes you can listen back to as well with some uh, big stars from across British Speedway. They're all available right now on your podcast platform or indeed on your smart speaker. And we'll be back with another episode next Tuesday, 8 o'clock, reviewing another week's action here on No Breaks, No Fear, the official podcast of British Speedway, which is produced by Nigel Pearson Media for British Speedway. Have a great week. No breaks, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.